movie, but somehow or another, she said, what do you want to show, a movie or speak? Somehow the word speak just came out of my mouth. <laughs> so, um, all right. If you could stand, so we read the word. Excuse me. Thank you, worship team. Amen. All right, if you could turn your Bibles to John 4.35. When you get there, say Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Reading God's words it says, John Boy says, You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is the people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants, another harvests. And it is true. I sent you to harvest where you don't plant, and others have already done the work. And now you will get together. You will, we will, and now we will gather the harvest. Father, I, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just speak through me, Father, that you would help me to convey this message in the in the same way that, that you gave it to me, that you would help me to, to, to bring it out with clarity and simplicity, that, that you would remove me and, and just speak through me tonight, Father. I ask you these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Tonight what I want to try to speak about or speak about is, is reaping and sowing. Reaping and sowing. And and I have some principles that, that Jesus has taught us because Jesus was a master teacher when it came to evangelism. When it came to, to, to evangelizing, to winning souls, Jesus gives us great examples on how to do it. He was, he was the man. He was the one. So in, in one of the first examples he taught us about winning souls is that we have to have compassion. And in Matthew 9.35, he says that Jesus went through all out through all the villages and the synagogues and, and through all out the other places announcing the good news. And he went about healing every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had compassion. And that's, and that's one of the main things I believe that, that helped me get saved was the person that my director had compassion he had compassion because I know I wasn't an easy individual. Like Toby said, when I came in, I didn't come here. I didn't come to Victory Outreach because I wanted to get to introduce to Jesus. I came here because my PO told me to either go to the program or go back to prison. That was my reason. I had no intentions on serving God. That was not my reasons for coming here. But because of the compassion and because someone in my life kept telling me how much Jesus loved me, it began to penetrate, the compassion. He showed me compassion. And then, and then Jesus shows us that in this portion of Scripture that not always 
not always because we go out are we going to reap what we sow. Sometimes he shows in the, in the Samaritan woman by the well, he was there talking to this woman. And um, as he was telling her what, about, about him, how she could get saved and all these different things. And, and then the disciples had left. The disciples had left in this portion of scripture and they went to Burger King or they went to the taqueria down the street. I don't know where they went, but they went to get something to eat. Okay. And Jesus was there winning this soul, talking to this woman. And then as they were coming back, this woman left. So in between there, you see in this portion of scripture where it says that as the woman went back into town, she came back and the disciples began to see and Jesus began to say, look, the fields, look at the people coming back in because he had already sowed the seeds. And the disciples were in the process. They were going to reap something that they haven't sowed. And tonight what I want to, one of my attempts to bring out is that sometimes, sometimes we, we reap, we sow, we go out and, and we sow. And sometimes we get discouraged because we don't think we're doing any good. And sometimes a lot of people don't want to evangelize. They don't want to go out because they think that they're not good soul winners. They think that they can't go out and because sometimes you see with some people that they go out and all they do is walk up to someone and the person gets saved. You know, and, and you're hanging out with him, and here you are trying to talk to someone, and you pray for someone, and they look at you weird, and they walk away, or, or you try to hand them a flyer, and they say, oh, no, thank you. We don't want one. So you begin to get discouraged. You're like, man, what am I doing? I got a curse on me or something. You look in the mirror, see if something's on your face or something. You don't know. You're wondering, what is it? And you begin to get discouraged because you don't know what's happening. Or sometimes they just take the flyer and walk away. Or sometimes you're there asking people, can I pray for you? And and, and, you know, they say, no, that's all right. And they take the flower and walk away. And we begin to get discouraged. But what I want to share with you tonight is the, what, Jesus what Jesus taught us tonight about sowing and reaping. So one of the things I want to speak to you about to give us insight is the process of soul winning from Jesus is that winning souls involves sowing and reaping. In order to win souls, we got to sow. The process of sowing and reaping comes, it, it's from the agriculture, okay? So to kind of make it look right, let's, let's look at how a farmer sows and reaps. First, a farmer has to get a, a plot of ground that he plans to, to plant his field in. And once he gets that plant of ground, he has to go in and he has to turn over the soil. And he has to fix and he has to pull out all the rocks. He has to turn it over so that... The, the ground becomes soft and moist in order to plant the seeds. And then he has to go out and plant the seeds. And then he has to wait in order for it to harvest. And this is the same process with winning souls. This is the same process with winning souls. First of all, we have to go out and we have to till the ground. We have to go out into our community and begin to, to, and to, begin to till the ground. We have to go out and pass out flyers. We have to go out... And let people know that we're here. Because remember, our mission statement says we are an international church-orientated Christian ministry, right? Called to the task of what? Evangelizing and discipling the hurting people of the world. The hurting people of the world. Because Jesus said, what did he say? He says, I came to help the sick. The sick, the hurting people. And we as Victory Outreach, we are in the midst of hurting people. You can look all around us. We see hurting people all the day. 
We live, on, we live on Schaefer Road. You see hurting people all day. You see people pushing baskets up and down the street. We see people hurting so bad, they come to our, to our, um, our yard sale and try to steal something from us. I mean, you, you can have it, bro. You ain't got to steal it. But still yet, that's the community we live in. That's the people we deal with. But that's because they're hurting. Because we know that they need Jesus. I, I mean, it's not, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as strange because I've done it before. I went to yard sales and tried to take them off. But <laughs> that's, but that's how I was. I was hurting. But that's what it requires. It requires for us to go into the hurting world, to go out here and begin to till the ground. To go out there and this process involves teaching and influencing. And sometimes we don't see any results. Sometimes we don't see any results. We go out and we pass our flowers. Like right now, especially in this time where we're getting ready for shaking the bay. It doesn't seem like we're making any results. We've passed out over 20,000 flowers. And it doesn't seem like anything's happened. We're just putting them on doors. We're just handing them to people. And we're not seeing any visible results. We're not seeing anything happen. So we begin to get discouraged. Man, it's, it, we really, what are we doing this for? It's hot outside. Is anything going to happen? But that's what we're doing. We're preparing the ground right now. We're tilling the ground right now for the day. For the day because the day is, is on shaking the bay. That's what we're doing all this for. We're, that's why we're passing out all these flowers. That's why we're letting everyone know for this day so that when these souls come in, then we will share in the harvest. Then we will share in the harvest because we know that we've had something to do with it. We know that we sacrificed our time and went out there and passed our flowers. So then there's a process of reaping. Just like in the agriculture time, the harvesting. <clears throat> when you have sown, when you have sown seeds, when the harvest, when the, when the farmers went out and planted seeds, he knows eventually, is once he's continued to, to tend to that crop, to tend to them seeds, he's going to reap. He's going to reap. Something's going to grow out of that ground. And it's the same process with souls. As long as we go out there and we sow seeds, something's going to grow out of there. Something's going to come out of that ground. Something, and, and just like when we go out sometimes, I learned a, a very um, important, I learned this lesson when I was um, learning to do the rallies. That before we go do a rally, we have to go to that neighborhood and begin to knock on doors. We have to begin to prepare the soil. We have to begin to prepare the hearts of the people so that they can get ready. Because people aren't just going to come if, they don't, if their heart's not ready. And that's our job. We have to go out there and pray with people and talk to people. And sometimes they're not going to get any results. We're not going to get any results. People aren't going to hear you. They're just going to walk away. And you may pray for the same person sometimes over and over and over again. And he seems like, man, this guy's never, or this woman's never going to come to Christ. But you're sowing a seed. You're sowing a seed. You're, you're sowing a seed for someone else so that they could reap. That's what we're doing. We're sowing a seed. So both sowing and seeding are necessary for, for winning souls. Both of them are necessary. Amen? Amen. So next we, we may reap where others have sown. In this case, 
It's like the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman. Jesus sent his disciples to reap where he had sown. See, Jesus had already sown the seed with the woman. He had already done all the work while the disciples were off getting something to eat. While the disciples were off doing something else, Jesus sowed the seed. See, it's the same way now. Well, some people are off doing other things. Some of us that are out there passing out flyers, where we're out there passing out flyers at work, you're handing out flyers right now, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But what you're doing is you're sowing seed. So in this point of time, when Jesus sowed this seed, the woman left. She went back into the town, and she shared her testimony with people. And, and as the disciples came back, then they got the benefit of what Jesus had sowed. Because the scripture says that as they looked up, the people from the town were coming back in because of the seed Jesus had sown. So they were able to benefit where someone else had sown. And, and there's the same thing because there are times it seems that when their people are, are just ripe, they're ready. Where you go out and you evangelize with people and you talk to people and, and you pray with them and they become broken and they become hurt. It's because it's not to say that, that they weren't ready, but most of sometimes it's because people have already sown the seed there. Sometimes people have already put work in there and they're ready and they're ripe for the beset. And that's what happens in a lot of times, in a lot of instances that some people are saved. And so things happen with little effort on our part. Things happen with little effort on our part. And this is likely because other people have already sown the seed there. So right now, it's really important at this time that, that we sow seeds, that we take every effort and every opportunity we can to sow seeds, not only for shaking the bay, not only for this event coming up, but so that we can fill every empty seat in this church. Because the only way we're going to get this building done is not with us. We're not going to fix it. We're not, I mean, we can. We can. I'm not saying we can't. But it's the people, it's the harvest. If we go out and harvest new people, if we bring new people in here, then we're going to be able to complete this building. That's how this building is going to get done. That's how we're going to grow this church. That's how all this is going to happen. Because we have to go out there. It's already ready. It's already been done. People before us have already come and sown this, spread seeds in this neighborhood. All we got to go out there and do is get them. <clears throat> it's hot up here. Hope that was fresh water. Anyway. <laughs> um, see, many people have come, and, and some of you have been in this church a long time, and, and you hear stories how we used to evangelize a lot. There's a lot of seed that has been sown that's just waiting to be harvested. And that's what we have to do. We have to start making more efforts to come together, to come together as, as a church, as a body, and go out and win souls. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do, to reach, to reach the lost, to reach the hurting. Because remember, Jesus wants us to give back what he has given us. What if no one had ever spoke to us? What if no one would have ever had compassion on us? Where would we be today? Where would we be today? 
I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that, that, that God opened the door for me to come here. Because if not, I would be lost. I would be lost. I'd be sitting in some prison cell right now. And I'm grateful. And I'm, I'm not saying that because of that, that every opportunity I get, I, I got, you know, I'm always evangelizing. I'm always out there doing it. I'm not saying that, but I know that I have to give back what God has given to me. I know that I have a passion for it. And sometimes I'm just like everyone else. I, I get caught up in time. I get caught up in everything else, and, and it slips by me. But most of all, my passion is to give back, to give back, to give back. And I, I need, we need to give back. And we should be careful that sometimes, because sometimes we get caught up in, in thinking that, that because you see some people win souls a lot. It seems like every time they go out and talk to somebody, you know, it's like they're, boom, they're on it. They got it. And, and I'm not saying that they're not, they're not, that's not their calling. They're not anointed like that. But there's a lot of times that the work has already been done. The sowing has already been done. It's just that that individual is ripe and is ready for to do it. So we may, we may sow where others have reaped. This can, this, this was the case in Samaria. Jesus did the sowing as the disciples did the reaping. The woman, the woman as well did some sowing because she went in to the town and shared her testimony. She shared what Jesus had done for her. And sometimes that's what it just takes for us to go out and to share our testimonies with people. How many of us to, to go out and just tell people, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. Tell them Jesus loves you. And to begin to tell them what Jesus has done for you. Begin to tell them what Jesus has done for you in your life. You know, and, and sometimes we don't want to, sometimes I don't want to tell people what Jesus has done for me in my life. But I'm beginning to just tell people, hey, I used to be this and I used to be that. And because Jesus came into my life, this is who I am now. This is who I am now. I'm a new creation. I'm, I'm new. The old things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. I don't do those things anymore. I used to be a liar. I used to be a thief. I used to be all these things. I used to go to people's house and knock on the door, and they didn't want to let me in. You know what I mean? I used to go to, to Connections House, and they wouldn't open the door even if I had money. Because I was, I would try to rob them. But that was me, but not today. And it's not because of jail, and it's not because of anything else. It's only because Jesus. It's only because the blood of Jesus that is inside of me. And we have to take that. We have to take that testimony. We have to take it out to people. You got to go to people and tell them, hey, this is what Jesus done for me. This is who I used to be, and now this is who I am today. We can't get so comfortable. We can't because now we, some of us got some good jobs. Some of us got some nice cars. We got clean clothes. We can't, man, we got to let that go. We got to forget about all that. And we got to remember who we are. We are Victory Outreach International. We are Victory Outreach Hayward. Our job is to go out to the hurting world and make disciples. We have to go out and do what others done for us. Because if not, we'll die. Plain and simple. We'll die. We'll no longer be. There'll no longer be a Victory Outreach Hayward. 
often there are times that a, a lot of sowing is being done and, and lives are in, being influenced through godly examples of, of other Christians. Souls are taught the word of God, yet reaping is not enjoyed by those doing the sowing. A lot of times we're living, we're doing a good thing, we're living life, we're walking life, we're, we're going out, we're spreading seeds, but still we see no results. Still we see no results. We're like, man, is this all for nothing? Am I making a difference? And sometimes we begin to get discouraged. We begin to get discouraged and we want to give up. We want to say it's, it's not doing any good. But you got to know that eventually, eventually in time, something's going to happen. Because we, it can't be misunderstood that those who sow with little visible reaping may think they have failed, causing them to become discouraged. I get discouraged sometimes. I get discouraged sometimes because I don't think I'm making a difference. I really get discouraged sometimes when I'm in, because I'm a men's home director. And you see, and sometimes you see the home grows, and all of a sudden you see four or five guys leave at one time. That makes you think, that makes me think, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I really doing what I'm being called to do? Because we've been called to the inner cities. This is where we've been called. This is who Victory Outreach is. This is who we are. This week, um, the other day, me and, and some other people were in a meeting with a lady from, from Juvenile Hall. And she came to see us because, because it had got to a point where she's been going to all these other churches, trying to get help from these churches. And they're all happy. They were, she was telling us that they were all happy to help her. They were saying, okay, yes, we'll help you. Heard that they were, they were youth. But once she mentioned Juvenile Hall, she said, then they didn't want to have nothing to do with it. Then they backed up. They, oh, no, they're juvenile. These, these kids, are, these are bad kids. And when she came here, though, it was a whole different thing. Because when we came here, because I'm telling you, sometimes my prayers in the mornings are God send me the worst people of the worst people. Send me those people like me. And they come. They come. Trust me, they come. Because I'm, I'm, I'm be honest with you, I'm glad, I thank God that I'm big. I thank God I'm big. Because I, I don't know if I'd have did if I was a small guy like Chuck. Because there's some people got my face. There's some people got my face, talk, talk crazy to me. But I'm like, good thing I'm big. <laughs> good thing I'm big. Because, you know, I can just kind of shine them on. But that becomes, why? Because that's the people we want. Those are the people we want. And, and I got some guys in the home right now that it just seems like, man, are you ever going to catch it? Are you ever going to do it? And I just keep sowing. I just keep sowing. I just keep putting into them because I know, I know that eventually when God gets a hold of their life, can you imagine how good they're going to be? Can you imagine what they're going to be for Jesus Christ? Can you imagine the influence they're going to have in the world? Can you imagine that? Because remember, I know there's people in my, people in my family will tell you, they didn't ever think I was going to change. They didn't ever think I was going to change. They didn't ever think I was going to change. And I, and I know that some of you here today, too, in the same boat I was in. 
People didn't ever think you were going to change. They wrote us off. They wrote us off. All you're ever going to be is a dauphine. All you're ever going to be is a convict. All you're ever going to be is a liar. But because someone sowed a seed in our life, because someone sowed a seed in our life and had compassion on us, we're here today. We're here today to tell them about the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's move around right now. We should be diligent to sow and reap. We got to be diligent. We can't, we can't give up. We can't get discouraged. Diligent in sowing. There will be times when we will be mostly sowing and teaching souls first, the first principle of the gospel of Christ. And that is in Mark 6, 15 and 16, it says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So it's our job to just go out and preach the good news. It's our job to go out and share the good news to people. That's what we're supposed to do. Just go out and preach the good news to the hurting world. To go out and tell people how much Jesus loves them. Just to tell them. I found a new saying. I ask people now, and I ask these guys when they're walking around the streets, I ask them, do you know how to get to heaven? That's I ask them. Do you know how to get to heaven? And I get some kind of weird answers. And I tell them, and then I tell them, the way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. That's what I tell them. And then it gives me an opportunity to go a little bit stronger, to go a little bit farther. And it doesn't always work. They, some of them listen and some of them go. And, but, but the seed has been planted. The seed has been planted. It's there. They know that in order to get to heaven, this guy said, I got to go to Jesus Christ. And we influence souls by examples. By examples. It says in, in 1 Peter B, it says, then even someone refuses to obey the good news. You hear that? Even if someone refuses to obey the good news, our godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. So even when, when, when all the vandalizing and all the talking doesn't work, how are we living? How are we living? How is your life living? If, 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 if there was a hidden camera on your life, could we show it on the 6 o'clock news? Huh? Could we show it on the 6 o'clock news? I know some days you can't show mine. But, but that's the type of life I try to live. I try to live a life reverent. And, and, and I try to live a good life. I try to do the right thing. I don't always succeed. But that's my goal. That's my goal. My goal is to, to be perfect. To do. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's why if I shoot to the moon and I only make it halfway, at least I've shot for something. Amen? There may be times when we see a little fruit from our efforts. Jeremiah, he prophesied for nearly 50 years with little success. Jeremiah, can you imagine going out and prophesying and preaching to people for 50 years and not have but a grunion of success. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the discouragement he must have had? 
Yet we can take comfort in knowing that God's word is never sown in vain. Amen? God's word is never sown in vain. It, is a, it accomplishes its purpose. In Isaiah 55, 10, and 11, it says this. It says, the rain and snow come down from heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seeds for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It says, I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You see that? So as long as we go out and we tell people about the good news, as, we, as long as we go out, and tell people about the word of God and tell them what Jesus has done in our lives, it's going to prosper. Because God just said it in his word. It says it will accomplish all that he wants it to accomplish. It has nothing to do with us. It has to do with God. And it has the power to save those who believe it. In Romans 1.16 it says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes. That's what it says. Saving everyone who believes in the good news. It has the power to save us. To save us from a life that we were in. Amen. Amen. God only holds us responsible for sowing the seeds. Okay. God only holds us responsible for sowing. Because, because he... It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. This is us. He has anointed us, Victory Outreach Hayward, to preach the good news to the poor. He has, he has sent us, Victory Outreach Hayward, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and to recovery sight to the blind and to release the oppressed. That's what he has called us, Victory Outreach Hayward, to do, to go out and to help those that no one else wants to help. No one else wants to go out there. You don't see no one else out there in, in South Hayward. You don't see no one else in the ghettos talking to people. And we have to make ourselves, we have to make our presence known. We got to be out there all the time. They, we have to be out there so much that when they see us, they say, here they come again. Here they come again. Here they come again. Here they come again. I was I went to a to a to a director's um, training in Oxnard, and Pastor um, uh, Elder Rick Ellenese said that how great churches are determined are not are not by their their congregation or or not by how many works they do or but not by things but they're determined by the the neighborhood around them. Who are they being influenced by? Are they being influenced by the world? Or are they being influenced by that church? When I thought about that, who is just, we're not talk, just talking about our neighborhood here. Are, are we influencing them? Are we influencing them? Are we talking about them? Are we giving them opportunity? Or do they know, do they, do they come to us when they need help? Do they come to us when we need prayer? Do they call us? Do we go out there and make ourselves available? Because that's what we're called to do. 
That's what we're called to do. We're called to sacrifice our time so that we can go out there and help them because they're the hurting people. We already got ours. We already got saved. We already got us. Some of us, some of us didn't gain a little weight. We got good new cars and new clothes. We got flat screen TVs. I got a diamond, I got a diamond ring on. I've been had on for four years, longest I ever wore a pulse of jewelry in my life. That's only because of the power of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. Everything that I got is because of Jesus Christ in my life. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else has ever done this for me. Nothing else has ever changed me. Not prison, not jail, not nothing, not even gangs, nothing. Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ has changed me. Only Jesus Christ has set me free from who I was. Only Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Nothing else. Because if I was in my right mind, if, if I was scared of going to prison, I would have never ran up in that man's house knowing if I got caught, I was going to get struck out and spend the rest of my life in prison. See? So only Jesus Christ changed me. Only Jesus Christ. And he's the only person that could change the hurting world out here. <clears throat> but it's our job. It's our job to go out there and speak to them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So remember, hold up. The power, the power is in the seed and not the sower or the reaper. Okay? The power is in the seed. And the seed is Jesus Christ. Okay? For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper, it is it is, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the souls and the spirit. The joints in the marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Only, only the word of God can, if we take the word of God out there into the world, it's going to expose everything that these people are doing. It's going to expose their true heart's desire. No matter how hard you are, no matter how hurt you are, it's going to expose that hurt. And it's going to make you, it's going to draw you to Christ. It's going to draw you to Christ. I didn't, I didn't. Most of the, I didn't join the gang because I thought it was going to be cool. I joined the gang because I wanted to be accepted. Everything. I did. And so these are the things that we were. And it wasn't until all this revealed to my life when I became the Christ. When I became, came to Christ, I was able to set all that stuff to the side and be who I am. Be, I didn't have to put on a facade no more. I didn't have to act tough no more. I could be me. The kingdom of God is at work. He is the one who gives the increase. It's God who gives the increase. All we got to do is go out there and sow the seeds. All we got to go out there and spread. It says right here, it says, We are only God's servants to whom, we, who, whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. It's God that makes, it's God's word that makes that seed grow. 
You plant that seed and you continue to go out and you continue to tell people about God's word and it's going to grow. It's going to change you. That's what changed me, God's word. That's what changed my life, God's word. It wasn't nothing else but God's word. That's what changed me. In that home, when I used to listen to their messages, and I used to listen to those CDs, and I used to listen to God's word, and that's what changed my life. And that's what changed each and every one of your lives. Some of each and every one of you sitting in that seat, it had nothing to do with no one else, but it was the word of God, because the more the word of God you put in you, the more you became changed. The more you transformed. The more you, you, your heart began to get soft. So if it done it for you, why can't it do it for them? Amen? As we reap, be mindful of the contribution of others, including God. We can rejoice together because that's what we're going to do right now. That's the big event that we're focusing on is shaking the bank. We're going to go out and we're going to sow seeds and we're going to sow seeds. And together, together, the sower and the harvester are going to rejoice together. Because if we go out and we do what we're called to do today, on these days when this big event, then this is what we're going to happen. And it just doesn't have to happen for this big event. It should happen every service we have. Every service we have, we should have new people come in. We should be going out inviting people to church. We should be inviting them, come, and come on, check it out. Come over here to our service. Come and see where God changed my life. Come and show, tell people, hey, do I know it would take you to a place where you don't have to deal with pain, that you can get rid of that pain, where you can get rid of that anger, where you can get rid of all these things that are bothering you. I can take you to a place and introduce you to a man that will take it all away. And you have to, that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. That's how we're going to grow this church. That's how we're going to fill up every seat. Look, at, look around. These are the seats we got to fill up. These are the seats we got to fill up. Our, our Wednesday services should just be as big as our Sunday services. And we're the ones that have, that's our responsibilities. That's our responsibilities to go out and bring these people in. Bring them in. Amen? So in conclusion, we have, we have, to, we have to know that, that we're laborers in God's vineyard. We're laborers in the vineyard of God, and that's God's vineyard out there. That's God's vineyard. That's, God's, that's, that's his vineyard, and we're his laborers. We're his laborers. That's what he's called us to do, to go out there and labor for him. And let us not hesitate to reap where others have sown. So let us not, and the only way we're going to do that, the only way we're going to reap where others have sown is to go out there. Is to go out there. And we have to go, like, like on, on days, on, on, on evangelistic nights, on, on Thursday nights. I know we've worked hard all day. I know we, we're tired. I know we've done a lot of things. But we have to come together as a body and show our strength to this community. We have to come, and if you're just here for 20, 30 minutes, but to go out together as a body, as a family, and to go out to this neighborhood and show them what it's like. Go out there and show them and teach them. Tell them about the Word of God. 
it's, I know it's hard because we work and we got a lot of things to do, but we have to sacrifice. Present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's what we got to do. That's what's required. And especially in, in, in tonight, in this, this event coming up, we have to make it happen. We got to make this happen. This event isn't about money, isn't about anything. It's about winning our community for Jesus. That's all this is about, winning our community for Jesus. And we have, the only reason we have the play, the only reason we have the games, the only reason we have the music is to entice them, to bring them in so that we could share the word of God, so that we could share the gospel with them, so that God's word could transform their lives just like it transformed our lives, just like it changed us. That's our goal. So tonight, this, to me, for me, this was, this was kind of a, a, hard, a, hard, a hard message for me to speak because it seems like the more I studied it, the more I failed at it. It seems weird. It was a hard one. Because I was ta it talked about sowing. It talked about reaping. And, um, and every time I would go out, it seemed like before then I always had flowers in my pocket. But once I started putting to this message, I would leave out of the house. I didn't have no flowers. I got boxes of shaking the bait flowers at home, but I didn't have none in me. I didn't have none in my car. And I was unable to, to hand them a flower. So then I started telling people that, that Jesus loved them, and I started talking to people more. So I'm not sure what, the, you know, what, what happened, but it seemed to me I, I began to get discouraged, and I, didn't, I wasn't sure. But I do know that, that, that we as a, as a body, we as a family, we have to, we have to grab a hold of that, that evangelistic thrust. We have to get that spirit inside of us. It has to become a lifestyle. It has to become a lifestyle for us. It's in our genes. It's in our genes. You know, like, like, like you, have, you have traits of your father and you have traits of your mother. They say it's in your genes. It's in our spiritual genes. Our spiritual father who, who founded this church. He was a lifestyle evangelist. Everywhere he went, he told people about Jesus. Everywhere he went. Pastor Josie talks about stories where they would go out to eat and he was preaching to the waiters and preaching to the bus boys and he wasn't even paying attention to them. And that's the spirit we have to have. That's the spirit we're going to have to have in order to grow this church. Because some of you, some of you knew him. Some of you talked to him. Some of you were there with him. Some of you learned the lessons firsthand from him. So you know, you know what he required. You know what he asked it of you. Are you fulfilling those things? Are we still following that line? Are we still doing it? Or are we going along with that saying, out of sight, out of mind? Because he's no longer here, but his spirit is here. His spirit is here. He installed this in you. You have those genes inside of you. You have it inside each of this church. This church has it. Victory Outreach Hayward. Is the world really going to know where we're at? Are we really living up to that saying? Or is it just a saying? Are we really letting the world know where Victory Outreach Hayward is? Is the world really our pulpit? 
Is it? We have to ask ourselves that. Are we stepping out of ourselves and reaching the world? Does the community around us know who we are? Does Hayward know who we are? Or do they still talk about who we used to be? Are they talking about who we used to be or are they talking about who we are today? Huh? Are they talking about who we are today? Who are we today, Victory Outreach Hayward? Who are we? So today, I, I, I don't know where you're at in, in, your, evan, in your evangelism. I don't, I don't know where you're at in your sowing and your reaping. But, but I know that this altar call is for me because, because I, need, I need God to touch me. I need God to put that spirit back in me. I need God to put that diligency back in me. I need God to put that fire back into me. I need that fire back in me. Because if I don't put that fire in me, the men and the women in the home aren't going to have that fire. And if we don't have that fire, then how are you guys going to catch the fire? So we got to catch that fire today. So if you're in the audience, if you're out there today and, and you might have lost that fire, come to this altar and say, God, light that fire back in my heart. Light that fire back in my heart. I want to I wanna be that person. I want to I wanna go out and reach people. I want to make that my, my everyday lifestyle. I want to reach people like I, like I want to breathe. Like I want to breathe. That has to be that has to be our that has to be our drive today you have to wake up in the morning with a purpose that today I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna reach five people I'm gonna reach ten people I'm gonna reach one person and today if that's if, if, if you've been failing in that area come here to this altar and say God put that spirit inside of me give me that drive again he reignite that inside of me Remember, you were, you have that DNA inside of you. You were birthed to do this. This is what you were called to do. This is what you were saved to do. You weren't just saved to go out and get a job. You weren't just saved to go out and get a new car. You were saved to reach people. You were saved to go out and reach the hurting world. Remember, some of us were dope Some of us were alcoholics. Some of us were lost. Touched our lives. Jesus saved us. If that's you today, get out of your seat and come to this altar and thank Him for your life. 